relaxed a little bit today, people. We doing this. We back off that NFL schedule, man. We got back to doing this on the weekend. We got time. Thank got God. Time cash. Thank God, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. We do this for y'all. I just <laughs> it was a oh. lot of late Monday nights, man. I ain't slept on Mondays in a while. Uh I ain't, you know, if my if my job is listening, anybody at my job, I give my all to y'all. Y'all know that. But if there's been a few Tuesdays <laughs> where it seemed like, you know what old Cash is mailing it in and giving his, his 75, 80%, and you thought that, you were absolutely correct. Yeah. I was giving you 75, 80%, boy. Whew. I don't think they know this Cash. Yeah. I don't think they know. They don't. They you know don't. why? Because my 75, your 75 is better than everybody else's 100. Say it again. <laughs> Say it again. Say it again. Uh, all right, enough of that, man. Welcome back, people. This is Don't Sleep on the Couch Podcast. I'm your boy, Mr. Prez, and with me always. Cash, a.k.a. Exec P, bringing that energy, baby. What's good? Mm. Episode 95, like Prez said, 95 man. 95 94? 95. It's 95, bro. Man, we getting real close to 100. I don't take I don't, no shorts. I, I'm glad we said both, because when I check later on, if we off by one. You can always edit <laughs> yeah, it out. We ain't yeah. never said it. Was, so, uh, get it wrong, then get it right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. Uh, Cash, tell the people who ain't never heard us, what should they expect? This is Friendship Barbershop Talk about sports, music, entertainment, and the culture. That's it. Don't expect... The right stats. Don't expect the right uh, name, pronunciation. Don't expect none of that. Just expect some real talk, man. That's it. It was just people, man. Like We got jobs just like you do. Yeah. That's listening. You know what I'm saying? We get it right. We do the research, but sometimes we fall short like every other human being. Yeah. But that's what the podcast is about. People reaching people. Yeah. Don't Sleep on the Couch podcast. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And don't worry about it when we mess up. We're going to call each other out. I guarantee it. Absolutely. <laughs> what in the world? So what you been up to this week, man? Oh, uh, stressing out, man. Stressing out. Uh, we've had this uh, Keenan Rush episode on the docket, mm-hmm. Long Live the King. So I've been trying to set that up from a remote aspect, and I want it to look good. So, you know, we put in a few dollars to make that look good and uh hopefully when you guys see it and listen to it you will feel the same speaking of which the keenan rush episode live we covered this album in a prior episode episode episode? 89 episode 89 we covered his album just you know off the strength of the love for the album because our friend from iggy loudmouth podcast put us on to him we actually liked it and we did a review on it and now we have a live interview with keenan in the flesh so that's going to be on youtube here Uh, pretty shortly after you listen to this, probably at the same time or, you know, a day or two after this audio podcast. So if you wasn't with us when that came out, go back to episode 89, listen at us, review the album. And uh, in this podcast, you'll get us to hear the, hear about the person behind the music, you know, hear his story, how he came about and everything. And, uh, you know, what he, how he comes about on this music. Yeah, yeah. We was on our VH1 shit. For sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sure. It was a good so, time, man. Good time, man. So, yeah, I, I just, really enjoyed that. Just stress, stressing out about that, man, down to the point where, you know, the video and audio situation wasn't right up to like maybe an hour before you got here. And I was stressing out and we finally figured it out. You got here. That, that means, you know, two brains is always better than one. So, yeah. shout out to you for your simple fix. But it was the fix that got us through. Yeah. Absolutely, Cash. man. 
Can I say something? What's up? Some people like to see the behind the scenes stuff and you see all the mess and then not me. I just want to see the good. The I just want to see the good parts. I just, yeah. I just want, I want Spare me. <laughs> Spare me your bullshit. Just give me so the So until you told me right then and there, I came in, I was like, man, this this look good, man. Cash always coming with it. I never known you were stressing out about it. Oh, yeah. Stressed <laughs> out, man. Stressed out. Speaking of stress, man, how, how's the retirement thing looking for you, man? I know... I ain't really been on it with your promotion. I mean, not your promotion, but your the, retirement the ceremony. ceremony. But it ain't like a whole lot to do. You know, I got this set up. Yeah, I know you. You know, I got. You know, like once I'm a lock in. Yeah. I'm a lock in. But which you got your your uh, professional? What is it? Um, oh, PMP. What is it? What oh. is it? Yeah. I'm trying to study for it. I don't even know what it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to get it because I know what it means. Paper, paper, paper. PMP. It's PMP. on PMP. I don't know. What okay. It is. Yeah. It makes to be saying. Look at that. We just getting it because we gonna get that money. Hey, you know the Air Force gives you like a lot of money, and like I done slacked on some of the things that I should have got that's allotted to us for free. But you know, I'm trying to finish up a couple of these certs here at the end. But yeah, as you saying, man, I noticed that time is ticking down. It's ticking down fast. Time keeps on yeah. ticking, ticking. I ain't gonna lie to you. I got stressed, bro. I got, I was stressed last week extremely because jobs. I got to start interviewing and stuff here. I ain't never interviewed. Uh, resume never wrote one, <laughs> so I don't know what's good, what's not. Uh, so yeah, I got in touch with a lot of like one, one good thing about the military, you're gonna meet a lot of different people, right? And they they like to push on to you, uh, mentors that all your supervisors are mentors. Not everybody's a mentor. They can give you some lessons. You're going to learn something, but most of them you're going to learn from what they did wrong. That's what you're going to learn from. It's very few that's actually, like, give you great info. And uh, I, I had the privilege of one that I've been following. I, I mirrored my leadership style afterwards. You know what I mean? He wasn't liked by everybody. But he great, great work that he put out, uh, consistent product, respected, respected for what he do, man. So... Uh, everything that he gave me as far as direction, true, honest, hurtful. <laughs> <laughs> real, that's real shit. Man. So I, I, I chatted with him this week, man. He's out of the military, and he, he put a lot of that stuff at ease, man. It was like the product that I had gave, lo and behold, it was a good product. He did give me some pointers to, you know, make it even better. Uh, but the fact that I was on the right path, you know what I mean? That that calms you down a little bit. And then uh, I, I bumped, uh, found out somebody else, you know, that I haven't talked to in years, you know what I mean? Uh, located them on social media, chatted with them. These are other people that's been doing it. They didn't completed the cert. And the way he talked about completing the cert, you know, did it did it make you feel at ease that you could pass the test? Yeah, it made me feel at ease that I could. <laughs> That's all I need to know. <laughs> no, it's just like somebody else. Like when you no disrespect, man. But it's like, a lot of you hear because you constantly hear about the failures. You know what I mean? And then when you see talk to somebody else that you ain't talked to in a while, and they're like they did it, and then they gave me he gave me points. It was like, bro, like it's not really worth stressing about. And I understand because I don't work with the guy, and I understand how we work together. I'm like, if he didn't stress, I shouldn't over the stress. Yeah, and it so. has helped me out. On my studying because I think I was thinking too deep into all the questions. So now when I'm going through, man, I'm getting a lot of this stuff right. First and answer I think, that kind of your brain. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm I'm killing it. I, I was just overthinking a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Just talking with those people helped me put it at ease, man. So um, 
the Air Force, good for some things, you know what I mean? Like, and one of those things, just like all the different people, I got tons of people that I can go talk to uh, to get guidance, yeah. you know? And it's and always direction. about the people that you meet throughout your time, um, especially in the military, man. It's never really about what you're doing for your country, so to speak. It's always about those personal connections that always mean more to you. I mean, what you do for your country absolutely means a lot. Uh, for folks outside looking in, and you feel it at certain aspects. I'm it just, wasn't the reason you. I, I had. Now you're gonna take me down another path. Let's go. I then. had let's one go. guy. I had one Dive guy in. get upset with me because I didn't say that I joined the military for the love of the country. I was like, no, it was helping out my situation. That's why I came in. I want to travel. Like, never, never had anything. It to could do with be this. something. It could be something as cosmetic <laughs> as that, man. Like, like, why does everybody have to come in for? The love of the country and all of that, man. Like, yo, like, do you see what color skin I am? <laughs> who loves me here? Like, who loves me in that country? Like, for real, for real. Like, anytime, like, you know, you still got people talking about why we got to celebrate Black History Month. Yeah. Like, I, I still got to deal with those type of people. So when you talk to me about why I joined and all these different type of things, and I got to deal with all these different things, I got to talk about, you know, like, it's just a lot of things. Yeah, I joined for some personal reasons, but then along the line, and as you go through it and you grow older, yeah, you do appreciate much much more country-wise, but it's still probably more of a percentage towards, okay, it helped me do this. I met this person. I met these people. I broke down these barriers. There's a lot of dudes that I met that's from fucking Nebraska and all these random-ass places in the States that never dealt with anybody from my ilk at all. Mm-hmm. But they met me and like, oh, you ain't you ain't nothing like what I thought, like yeah. what I had what I had in my mind, and that's all it's about, man. Like sometimes you in a foxhole or in a situation with somebody where it's just you and them for six, seven months, man, and or a year or, de- or three years, depending on where you're stationed, and you got to deal with that person and make the best of your situation, yeah, and end up being friends for life. Or in your in your you know case. 20 years later, now this is the cat that's easing and it's very small in your life. Yeah. Somebody that's easing my mental state. Your yeah. mental state prior to your retirement. Mm-hmm. Dope. Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> Not to just to stay on this a little bit long. That person also was upset that I told him that I did certain things because I wanted to get promoted. <laughs> he was like, Oh, you gonna, you should want to get promoted because you're doing a good job. I'm like, Bro, no, Come I did on, that. I did that because I, I need yeah. to get promoted, and I want the money. The money is what's gonna be the. No, that's not why I was like, bro. You're like, you yeah. live in a fantasy land. I don't tell you the truth. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, sure. A lot of these people, like they. How many kids? How many kids we got? You know, we you piling up kids. You stacking up debt, and you trying to pay off debt and all that stuff, man. I'm trying to get paid, man. I'm trying to get some money, man. Like, uh, so I didn't win a lot of awards. Throughout my time frame, I was, I, you listen to people that talk to me that tell you I did great work. I ain't winning a lot of awards. You want to know why? Back in the day, when I first came in, if you want every another quarter or something like that, you'll get like a $100, $200 gift certificate for the BX. Go buy some stuff. They gave you that. That was that was one of those things. And you tr- you strive to win that. They quit doing all that stuff. You had to go. It, it went away from the quarterly to the annual award that you got to get. And then, then it just turned into a goodie bag. I was like, why do I want to waste my time? Who am I? That's what y'all want to see. It's 
not what's gonna help me out. Like, what do I need to do? Once you once you took that away from me, well, my shift, my focus came like, well, I'm gonna do something that's gonna get me um, promotion points. Exactly. And that's how I'm gonna change my goal. <laughs> <laughs> you you took away an incentive. That's that's real. That's, that's real. real you that's real talk. That's real talk. But you know the other thing that's real? What? Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, the man. soundtrack and the movie. That was yeah, man. What a what a weekend, man. Yeah. What a weekend, man. What a weekend. So that brings me to what we're talking about today. Oh, Judas and the Black Messiah soundtrack. Mm-hmm. We also going to talk about Long Live the King, our interview we did with Keenan Rush. We know you know we can't leave you without no sports. Urban Meyer. Serial apologist. <laughs> Continuing the good old boy system, you you know what we're gonna get into with that if you're a sports fan, and and that's pretty much the show, man. That's pretty much the show. So where do you want to start, Press? Do you want to start with sports? Or you want to start with music? Where, where we at? Let's go ahead and start with music. Yeah, let's go and get them because from there, that way they can get uh, the Keenan Rush interview right up up front, you know, and get to see where we go through and and, and build off that. Uh, like I said, episode 89, go check out this album review. Uh, this episode, you're going to get to know the person behind the music and uh, his whole process. So. Absolutely. So um, the album we're talking about, Judas and the Black Messiah, man. Yeah. Have you had a chance to listen to the majority of it or I some of it? I have listened to the whole thing. How many times? Uh, I, I, had, I had a long car ride today. Had to do all my little errands that you got to go running here and running there. So I was gone pretty much all day. So I listened to it about a one and a half. I made it back through halfway through. Okay. Uh, what you run back? What you run back? Uh, off the top of your head. I, I, I don't remember the, the, like I said, we doing this on a Saturday. We usually do this on a Monday. So I got all this stuff like written down for you. Uh, like I said, I was out all day today. So I ain't got cool, like the man. names of these things. Speak but from I know the heart. The artists, Speak from the heart. But the artists, the G Herbo. Well, first, let's go first. The Jay-Z and Nipsey and Macklin. You know what I mean? Great. Ain't, ain't, yeah, ain't nothing to say about that. Uh, the There's Nas, a lot to say, but the Nas, we'll leave it later. The Nas is good. Great. Uh, yeah. Uh, the G Herbo. Both tracks that he on. Loved them. Loved Stole them. the show, bro. Yeah. Stole the show. Uh, Pooh Shiesty, his song. Yeah. Where he's like, the reason it caught me at the end, because I had to run that one back like ASAP. Cause is he the one that had the uh where he said no cursing? He didn't curse or whatever. I don't know it's Pooh Shiesty, but I know uh the one that uh the cat that had the song before him, Nardo War, I think. Mm-hmm. I declare war. I declare yeah. war. I was like, mm, who is he? Yeah. Cause I don't know who he is. He may have a terrible catalog, he may have a great one. <laughs> but I know from this showing made me wanna go check him out for future references. But I I Pooh Shiesty one, it doesn't I don't Recollect, you know what I'm saying, what it was as far as that song. Maybe it just didn't stand out to me, but I'm definitely with you on It was the, the one that he was talking about where he said, like, uh, where he didn't curse at all on it, right? No, I, I just don't remember it. It's, that's what it's called. Like, I know, I know. Pro, no profanity. Yeah. No profanity. I said yeah. no cursing. Look at me. <laughs> Messing stuff <laughs> Come up. Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> but the, no profanity, The man. Kiki Lede, uh song, like, her track. Told you. You, you. Yo, he had, listen, it, listen, y'all. He he rushed me off the phone because he could sense my excitement with the album and he knew I was about to spill the beans. He was about to tell me all the tracks. I don't want like when I hear something, I want to go through it. Uh, you know, it's put on. Look, it's Black History Month and it's put on February for me. I 
Hey, prayer has been busy with retirement and everything like that, so I've been his vessel <laughs> for music. You know what I mean? So, and so. this is what I get, I didn't want to, because then if I came on there, every song I would have said I like, he was like, "You welcome. I put you on." Like <laughs> the petty, the petty, the petty in us and in, in the friendship here is he listened to an album reluctantly that he knows he wanted to listen to, <laughs> just so he could have a. Somewhat of a solid review. Go ahead, continue on, man. Yeah. So, No Profanity by Pooh Shiesty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- those were the tracks I, I like that I can, you know, off the top of my head and like yeah. listen to, like the ones that was like uh, stand out, man. Uh, definitely. I'm pretty sure it's much more, but I'm saying like those are the ones that off of one listen and a half, those was the ones I can I can recite off memory, no, no, no notes, no nothing like this. Like those are the ones that really stood out to me. Pretty sure as I go through and listen to several more times, there'll be other ones. But uh tell me which ones y'all liked on your initial listen, a true initial listen. Can I tell you which ones I liked on my initial mm-hmm. listen? Besides the the big hitters, besides Nas and besides the Nipsey and Jay-Z song. J.I.D. and Rhapsody on the same song. Oh yeah. With Masego. Yep. So Masego is one of my EPs of the year, 2020. Make sure y'all check that out before I wrap up for 2020 as far as EPs go. So Masego, J.I.D. Rhapsody. Rhapsody. Fire. And much to what you said, the, the um, G Herbo. I don't know what G... Listen. G Herbo, man, if, you, if you're watching and you're listening, bro, you're on your shit now. Yeah. Like, you have arrived because... Just from the sound. I personally like other songs a little bit more, but just from the sound, if most people was, are going to gravitate to are both of those G Hero songs. And then my man came back. Now, he's not out of Highland, man, but if you listen to old Kanye, just old Chicago stuff, old street shit from Chicago, Bump J. Oh, yeah. I was shocked to hear him uh, Bump J on that because I ain't heard him in so long. All and the mixtapes that he used good. to have. Yo, we used to Bump love J. them Bump J. I, yeah. I went back to old Bump J mixtape where he had... I, th- I think he had a DJ Drama mixtape. Yeah, but he was on the G Herbo track. He's on a D- G Herbo track, but I went back to old Bump J, DJ Drama. And if I'm wrong, y'all y'all correct me, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. That, man, this... This, I forgot how ill he was yeah. of a lyricist. Like, he probably arguably had one of the better verses out of this entire body of work, and that's saying a lot. You got Rhapsody on you. You got J.I.D. You got Jay-Z. You got Nas. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, got it's, Black Thought. You got Black Thought. Speaking of Black Thought, is this just a, like, it's just a, it's just known that he's a unicorn. It's just, it's just known. Like, anytime he, he drops something, we may not be saying anything, about it, but the reason being is because he just he literally tore my head off with the verse, <laughs> and I need to I need to go back and listen intently because he doing a he doing the most yeah in a good way yeah in a good way and that's all I, I, I said. The people who don't like him, I don't want to talk to. That's 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 the reason I don't. This ain't the for podcast yeah, for you. I was like, yeah. Log off, cut it off, <laughs> stop watching. If you don't like Black Thought, come on, man. Yeah, come on. But now we can get to uh, I say I said we can get to the songs. Rock him. Sorry, 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 sorry. Rock him. Mm-hmm. He came with something that was I was like, okay, Rock him is doing something a little different. He rock he he flowing more so mm-hmm. than rapping, and I think that was that was dope. And the fact that they put him last on the album 
was like it was a great way to close it based yeah, yeah. on the subject matter. But he was super melodic, super flow heavy on this song, and it, it, it's just dope to hear a legend like this, man. How long like he been in the game? Forever. Oh, forty years, bro. Yeah, yeah, man. Forty years, at least forty years or close to it. Um, but song we all been uh waiting for. From Nipsey and the J, man. Didn't disappoint. Not at all, man. Didn't disappoint. Definitely lived up to the hype. What you want them on there, man. Two legends uh, in it. Uh, Jay has constantly been doing the the elevated talk, you know, just talking up black excellence. And uh, definitely what Nipsey was, his his big agenda, you know, with the entrepreneurship and, like, just constantly putting out that positive vibe and all his music behind. Like, he'll still have the other stuff, but, I mean, just... Yeah, you got to marry the boat. Yeah, yeah. So, man... Nip gone way too soon, once again. But I mean, just I always, I always get sad. I get excited and I get sad at the same time when I hear his voice on, on tracks, man. And it's just because I just know how great he was and how he was going to be an icon, equivalent to a Nas, equivalent to a Jay, equivalent to the guys that anytime these dudes is in their fifties, bro, and they still talking. Like they talking. And this is young artists. This is how you elevate. This is how you continue to, you know what I'm saying? What more do I have to speak about? You speak about your elevation as a human being, as a person. Everybody don't have the elevation of a Nas or a Jay-Z. But you can still speak to grown man shit that we all go through. And that's what they, they talking, man. And to hear Jay speak on certain things, it's kind of, and, and Nas too, but Nas was, Nas rapping his ass off on EPMD. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Let's be clear. Nas just barred your head off. Yeah. Jay went Loved to the it. political shit Loved and it. to shit that is affecting me at, at 38 years of age. You know what I'm saying? So what I would say with that is like, he's, he's, he's speaking to what we all going through, what we all feel, especially if you have grown up and you've, you've aged and progressed as you should. As you should have. Like, he's speaking to that. He's speaking to that. And and it's great to hear because it's adult rap. Yeah. And that's what we need. Like, it's now it's now ageless. And I'm going off on the tangent, Press. But it's, it's that's yeah. what ageless rap is, is to be able to do what the, the, the um these rock acts have been doing to tour until they 60, 70. I want to be able to be uh, Jay-Z 51. I'm 38. I want to be able to be 55. <laughs> And still be on tour seeing old ass Jay Z performing. It's a hard not life. Yeah, that would be like something that would blow my mind at that at that time because these rock artists do it all the time and they still be going crazy. That's that's just me, man. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how I left this out because the first time I listened to this album, I literally listened at this song three times, kept rewinding it back. The ASAP Rocky. <laughs> Definitely hit that one up. That was a good I one. Have, I have not even heard that song yet. That's what? that's how that's how much I have not got through. Mm-hmm. I've gotten through the entire album, but that song just didn't It resonated with me. No, no, I have not heard it. Oh. That yeah. Every time I by the time I get to it, I'm probably doing something else. I just haven't heard it, but I, I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, yeah, man. But movie, yeah, movie. Great, Have great you seen album. the movie? I haven't seen the movie yet. Like I said, uh, this is 
It came out Friday night. Um, we recorded on a Saturday. I had to, couldn't couldn't get to it Friday. Planned on watching it tonight. Podcast is taking over. Probably won't watch it tonight, but they'll definitely watch it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And we'll definitely talk about it next week. Next week, yeah, for sure. Give it some room to breathe. Give it some room to read. And then we probably we tag that on to the other um, black films that have come out and probably put a compilation together. Yeah. It's something for everybody to watch later on, man. But So that's Judas and the Black Messiah. Anything else you want to discuss as far as music that came out this week that, that requires a discussion? Uh, haven't really got to anything else, man, because like I said, like, usually it's Saturday night, Sunday, uh, Sunday day, all day Sunday is usually like when I get to my music. So going to be a little bit behind, but next week we're going to have all the music tied in, and then we're going to get back to doing this. We'll go back to a regularly schedule and do it on Sundays next week. Uh, so, yeah, that that's becoming. Speaking of which, next, next week, yeah, it's supposed to be our Zoom meeting with the Patreon members. We're going to get y'all the agenda out here. Should be coming out with the podcast, uh, what we want to hit up on. If you want to join us, we'd like for you to RSVP on there just so we know who to expect and everything. And uh, just... Sit there, chat, have some drinks, uh, talk about what's coming up for uh, us in the future. We'll also uh, we'll have a couple other topics that we'll discuss on there. And then we got some exclusive content that we are going to try to get out to you for that, too, that we can sure. watch together and talk about. All right, man. What uh, else What else in uh, the music realm? Anything else? We got Keenan Rush, Long Live the King. Live interview. We reviewed his album a couple weeks ago. It's a phenomenal body of work. Y'all keep it locked, and we're going to cut right to that. Hey, Cash, you ready to do this? Let's go ahead and uh, recognize our Patreon supporters. Give them a shout out. We got Tate. It's my boy, Blue. We got Marty. Silent partner. Take that, take that, take that. Uh, we got Quay Quay. Pop, lock, and drop it. <laughs> God, finally got to some quake. Yes, yes. <laughs> we got uh, Errol Jackson. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh. Yeah, we got Bird. Birdman. We got Ryan. Jack Ryan, that's my boy. I'll let you, man. We got Mum Well over in Texas. Mo money, mo money, mo money. Uh, we got Jared. Lil J on the track. Yeah, we got Kazer. Case of Kush shit, we smoked that. Can't say that. Can't say that. <laughs> we, we got we got Tyrus. Oh, uh, is that Oakland Zone? That's Oakland Zone. That's right Oakland there. Zone. Too short in the flesh. Yeah, we got Rodney. Oh, Rodney Jenkins. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, like it. I like it. It's easy. Uh, and then we got Corey. Oh man, the foundation is the man who even gave a dollar before we even had Patreon set up. So shout out to you, brother. And then last but not least, we got a new member, man, uh, Archery. That's my man. That's my man. Uh, so we're going to call him Mr. Antisocial. He already know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our list of names, man. Definitely want to keep shouting y'all out. Thank y'all for everything that y'all give. We almost up to the point where we're covering all our uh, revolving fees. We got probably like another $10, $15, and we we reaching there, and we covering those revolving yeah. fees. And then everything else truly is going back in to just for upgrades and looking to buy something new to add to the pod. So... If y'all don't know, man, a couple weeks ago, we had the honor and privilege to review an album from an artist that we was recommended by a fellow podcast of ours, Iggy's Loudmouth Podcast, 
who's typically known to hold out on us, right? To the end of the year. Yeah, to the end of time, to the end of time. So he held out almost all year, and probably two years, because this artist, his first album dropped, and he can correct me when he come on, when we bring him on, 2017. So he's had music, and I've known Iggy since 2017. So I can't figure, I couldn't figure out why he just held this back from me. So the artist we're talking about is Keenan Rush out of East Atlanta. Prez, when you first heard his project, what did you think? It's my type of music. Like, this is what I love listening to. So I was kind of, as you were, disappointed in that Iggy hold out, held out this long. Uh, but it's always refreshing to hear these new voices like come in. And- so, so everybody, without further ado, y'all meet Keenan Rush. The one and only, Keenan Man, neighborhood black man. Doing great, man. So that's what's up. A little rainy day in Atlanta, but you know, all is well. So I'm living in the moment. So man, sure. you know, in, in pre-production, you was talking about you about to head to the studio, man. You was getting antsy. You had a few, had a few bars and, and stuff like that. But we'll, we'll we'll get to that. But as far as who Keenan Rush is, and we'll kind of start from the beginning. We'll slow roll them and move them all the way up until what you're doing now. How did you get your start in music? Because everybody's start is a little bit different. Yeah, man. Um, for me, it really just started, like, I feel like uh, for a lot of people, um, in Atlanta especially, it started in the church. My brother and my older cousin, we were all in this uh, this church group called the Babes in Christ. And so, um, you know, that's just where I really got in, introduced to music, I'd say. And so... Yeah, like when you're not in church, you know, you're in East Atlanta neighborhoods and you're hearing everything from from Crime Mob to Lil John to T.I. And so, you know, I had already been around music. So as early as like eight or nine, you know, I was still very much in the church and like knowing that I couldn't dare say what I was hearing on the radio. I just started making Christian raps. So, you know what I'm saying? If I had like my little sister on here, she'd clown me because she remembers them, but they were pretty whack. But you know, I was <laughs> I was putting some stuff together, you know what I'm saying? Hey, we all gotta start somewhere. Got to. But from there, it was just like I got the bug, you know what I'm saying? Music expression in general, but obviously, like I was taking tape recorders, trying to get beats from, you know, dial up internet as soon as I got home from school. Man, this has been a journey since then though, for real. And that's funny, man. So, like, your your very first song on your first album, Citizen King, interesting how you opened up that album in terms mm-hmm. of just, for us, your intro is very much who you are at the core mm-hmm. because that's what everybody's going to hear. So, like, you chose to just open up in terms of just saying that you were an educated black man. Right. What made you go that route to set off what is now your three albums deep, but but what made you start off there? Man, that record was um I think that was a turning point too, just like in making music. Um I was I guess 
I was in a position where I was just making a lot of music by myself, you know, just trying to get ideas out, trying to emulate dope sounds that I was hearing that I actually appreciated. But um, with that record, I actually had people around me, you know, um, one of my homies, a dope director um, by the name of John Deere, who's actually directed the video for that song, uh, PSA. Um, he was in the studio with me and my brother, who's also a, a pretty dope uh, musical artist. And um, yeah, like it was a more communal thing and we were freestyling and just talking about real, like, you know, I don't know if y'all cuss on him, but real shit, just yeah, you free. college college debt, you know what I'm saying? That's a, that's a hot topic for anybody who went to school. So let alone, you know, being a college graduate, but like not legitimately being a college graduate, having to consider these things in the world that we in, like you want to attain more wealth, but you still, you, you starting at a certain disposition, whether that be demographic, racial or, or, or financial. Um, but yeah, I mean, just like expressing that, but it was lit, you know what I'm saying? It was still very much a song that made people proud to say that. Um, and we had merch with it that said, I got a college degree. Matter of fact, you know, we should get y'all some of that. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Even if you like, I tell people, even if you don't got a college degree, that's a, that's a, it's a starter, you know? Cause I, I got homies that bought that as soon as they graduated. I got homies who bought it before they graduated and was like, I'm ready to put this shirt on. You know, it's a fire piece of clothing, but you know, this is a, a just a symbol for me to, you know, finish this race that I'm in right now. Um, so yeah, that that record just it was it was a turning point because it was a lot more community around what I was making at that time. And what school did you go to? Um, I went to went Wake Forest University in Winston Salem, North Carolina. It's a really so, weird mascot, you know. I never really Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I never quite I never quite got the mascot, but um I mean it's a heavy basketball school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh what did you graduate with? Um, so I focused in economics and Spanish. You know, I was trying to be, and I still very much am on that path, but I was focused on being this international businessman, you know, wanting to touch different economies, be able to to really, uh, you know, develop wealth and just community. Because uh, I was that, thinking about it from a global development standpoint. But. That's, uh, so, what's it, D-Smoke? You, have you heard of the artist D Smoke out in Cali? Man, I feel like there are a lot of I, I rock with his music. He's a pretty dope artist. Um, I feel like there's a lot of similarities there too. Just when I learned about his his story, um, which I think you might be alluding to, right? Yeah, and that's that's why when um, you said yeah, I heard what you graduated with, I immediately thought about him. So, Dude, so when you went to school, too, man, he's incorporated. Yeah, it's like initially to me, I was like, ah, is this a gimmick? For him, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Is it going to run out? Because you know people's patience run a little thin. But right. at the same time, that's unique to him. I've never seen any black man be able to spit a whole verse in Spanish. So right. that's, that's dope anytime you get to do it. But now now I think he's doing a little less, but I still think it's dope nevertheless. So uh, we went a different route. We went, we went in the military and everything, So, but... Cash still got his degree. I'm working, still working on my degree. I'm almost there. Can you tell us a little bit about that on-campus experience? Yeah, man. I, I feel like um, 
I got it early. I got that campus experience early because I went to a boarding school for high school. Um, I don't know I was a bad kid or no shit like that, but you know, it was just an opportunity that I was afforded. And um, from ninth to 12th grade, I was at a boarding school in Tennessee. So I really got that that type of autonomy and some of that that confidence you have of like really saying, all right, you know, if I wanna skip every class, I can do that. Or if I wanna, you know, have a good balance of my life, I can do that too. When I did go, when I got to college, I definitely experienced the, you know, that party lifestyle, whether you partying on a Tuesday right after class or it's a Friday after a football game, you know, it's just like, <laughs> you concentrate that many young people together and add a little bit of uh, liquor and you like, yeah, it's definitely about to go up. But Wake Forest was pretty cool because I mean, it's a, it's an ACC school. It's got like, you know, some prestige behind its name, but it's still like a smaller campus, maybe like 6,000 total. So, you know, there's some high schools that, I mean, maybe not 6,000 students, but they, you know, have that same open campus feel. And then it being a predominantly white school, there were certain, you know, idiosyncrasies about just the demographics there. But I like to think about it like, you know, those those PWIs typically have the same demo as the United States. And it's not that we shouldn't like just accept those numbers, but we should realize that that same PWI like bubble exists in the larger macrocosm of our country. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different topic. I don't even want to go down that, <laughs> that route, but like, that's just what my mind be, you know, when I'm thinking about college or stuff like that, you know? But yeah, like I, I definitely got a lot of experiences, man. I played football at Wake, you know, I played uh, Omega Safa uh, fraternity and um, was just very active on campus, I think, in cultivating a social presence for black people to really enjoy themselves. Um, you know, me and my homies, we, we really tried to cultivate some type of culture. And it was a, it was organic because we just wanted to have fun. It wasn't like we came in there with this social thought experiment, like how to create a vibe for black people. You know, it wasn't really <laughs> yeah. like that. You just, you yeah. can only be bored so many nights and be like, all right, I'm going to do something about this. Right, right. Because did they have a lot of things for your specific demographic as as in black folk there? I mean, no, no shade to them, but no, you know what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe there were some fraternities and, you know, the, the, the students do kind of take control of a, a scene on a campus, if you think about it, but just from the bare bones of it being Wake Forest, if they do provide anything for students, it's more, it's going to be more aligned with a certain culture rather than what you might be thinking that I would appreciate. Or, you know, I, th- I feel like we got similar tastes. You know what I'm saying? If we if we walk on a campus and I'm gonna give you a personal experience of mine, I'm fresh as hell. Like it's okay. I'm about to go out. <laughs> I'm in college. What's up? And I find myself at the in the basement party of like a, a white fraternity with beer up to my ankles, my shoes getting dirty as shit. I'm like, yo, this is disgusting. Like, where am I? But this is a <laughs> this is considered a, a, a dope party. You know what I'm saying? Where I'm at. I don't even want to mention the the organization name because I ain't trying to throw no shade. But like, you know, just think of a white frat party, and you like, yeah, this ain't it. <laughs> I'm gonna give you a I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an example. I know Press, you got to jump in here, but he brought something to my so 
couple years ago, I got stationed. I'm, we in the military. I got stationed in Idaho. I'm from <laughs> Brooklyn, New York City. So you Idaho. can imagine some of the parties I was. I had to go to, but I went to Boise. Uh, Boise State was the college that was closest to the base I was stationed at. So right. some of them college parties were exactly how you described to where he's like, I don't, I don't even belong. Right. Like, it's why like, am I what, here? Are doing? <laughs> what are y'all doing? Like white tees, drunk as shit. They giving you all yeah. their drinks. You know what I mean? Which was a good thing. Yeah. I can't, I couldn't smoke. So, you know, of course, yeah. but, but at the same time, so that I, I can identify exactly with what you're talk, talking about. But Prez, you had something for Keenan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, man, you you was to get back to the music little portion on here. Uh, you you just described that you went to college. You was a athlete. Like, what? Why did you choose to to focus more on the music? And when did you choose that point? Yeah, man. I think it was a it was a major point in my college football career where, um, I mean. Hindsight is twenty twenty, so I'd like to use my words wisely. I wouldn't say that there wasn't an opportunity for me to play. You know what I'm saying? Like, I it was my third year in college, but my second year of like you know being like a red shirt junior or a red shirt sophomore, I should say. So I still had a few years that I could have you know transferred and just got in another program, but I just started to think more about like what all I could get out of that institution before I left. And, you know, um, just the politics of sports and me seeing that, you know, okay, either I'm going to stay here and not play just because of certain situations, or I could try to find a situation, you know, Winston-Salem State was right down the road. I feel like they had a, you know, really solid program. And I was just looking at a few different schools for real, for real. Um, but then I started to think about, cause I was, I was also studying Spanish, like, yo, all of my friends in my, like, close friend group have gone abroad. You know, I had a homie staying in London. I had uh, some other people go to Spain, you know, people visiting uh, Amsterdam and all of this stuff. And I'm like, man, I got all of this scholarship money, and I'm just going to sit here and keep having the same experiences. So I just decided that I was going to finish my uh, Spanish minor in Salamanca, Spain, I just went abroad and decided that I wasn't going to play football uh, going into my senior year. And it was just a dope experience because, like, I really picked the language up faster over there. I had a lot of different culture shocks, which I'm sure y'all have experienced, you know, traveling the world, being in the service. Absolutely. So, like, you know, them culture shocks, they, they be trippy, but you come out of it, like, very seasoned and just, you know, informed. Like, like you feel like you could travel anywhere yeah. in the world. Like exactly. at, at that point, like if you got that bubble and then now you flourish. So I was out there, man, and amidst all that culture shock and just seeing all this dope stuff, like I had always been making music, made music in high school, was making music in college. You know, people would, they, they would know that about me if they knew me, um, but it wasn't like I'd be posting like new song dropping Friday. And to even date myself a little bit, Instagram was really just, just starting for real for real like around the time i went abroad so it wasn't this big marketing vehicle that it, that we know today at that time 
So, um, yeah, I was just like tapped in, man. Started making more beats. I'm in Spain. I'm making EDM beats. I'm going to different clubs. <laughs> I'm seeing what American music is making it over here. You know what I'm saying? Like, and actually getting play. And I just like came back to America with a hunger. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know I want to see the world and I want to make music. And I want to, you know, still, I love sports. I love competing and whatnot. So, but- I got to tap into this. You just brought something to my attention then. Like, uh, so do you think that helped you like mm-hmm. broaden, broaden you more artistically, just like not being captured in a sound in the neighborhood or whatever you done traveled mm-hmm. to these different places. You was abroad. You talking about you was on the, uh, different, you was on the, the Euro sound and rapping still mm-hmm. over those. Did that, you think that benefited you in your career? Yeah, man, because, I mean, being from Atlanta, you know, I definitely uh, have an affinity to some of the greats, you know, from the trap and just, like, classical Atlanta rap period, you know, outcast, somewhere like whatnot. But sometimes I feel like they're listeners and everyone has their own palate. So, you know, do what you want. But they can only hear that sound because they're, like, they've grown in it. You know what I'm saying? I only want to hear future because that's what I've been listening to. You know what I'm saying? I don't even want to hear, like, turn off that EDM stuff, all that all that loud stuff. You know what I'm saying? People will have those type of reservations to hearing new music. But I grew up in a household where, you know, yeah, I was in the church early, but I was in the church with my grandma. Like, my, my parents definitely believe in God and whatnot, but they weren't making me get up and going to sing in a church on Sunday. So when I was with them, I'm listening to Mary J. Blige or Sade, you know what I'm saying? And my mom, she's very eclectic too. So she was playing music from her time, like the 70s and 80s. Huge Michael Jackson fan or shoot. I, I mean, it's a lot of music that I was just immersed in. So I'm listening to the mad rapper Music Soul Child with my pops or Al Green, like, on that Saturday morning when you got to clean up and stuff like that. Yeah, just by the time I really started to say I wanted to make some, it was never, oh, I got to make what people are successfully making, you know, out of Atlanta. I got to make what Wiz Khalifa making. I got to rap about weed because, you know, that's what he's making. Like, those those music, their, their music definitely influenced me, but I had just heard so much that, you know, I was literally just trying to make something unique to me because when when you start making music, like I remember being in the eighth grade making music, talking about kicking doors and robbing folks. I'm like, man, <laughs> if I think about it now, it's just like, wow, yeah, some nerve. But <laughs> whole song about robbery. We all robbery. did. We all did. We all wanted to be rappers at a certain point, <laughs> killing yeah. people and robbing people. I know, I get it. We used to upload our our tracks that we made because we was recording them too. We was recording them. Um, Upload the track onto like Grand Theft Audio or Auto so that you playing and you listening to your music. And I'm like, (laughs) that was some of the the best days of summer growing up. I know you got a question, Perez, because I got got another one for that. So question I got like is uh, like you got a different tone. Like you got a voice more keen to like a Slim Thug, a Raz Simone. Like you say, you tried to hone your own uniqueness. Like, mm-hmm. can you give us a little bit of the process on, on, on that where you're not getting trapped and chasing the sound? Yeah, I can give you two moments where I felt like I've always, as a as an artist, I've, you know, yearned for some 
some genuine feedback, you know, not just, oh yeah, that's dope. Or, you know, I, I think it's funny too, you might ask this to other artists. If like you play a song for a friend and they don't really like the song, the first thing they're going to ask you is who made the beat. And as an artist, when you hear that, you're like, oh yeah, this song's trash. You know what I'm saying? But um, I'll say like, just throughout the process of making different music, engaging people's responses, I think people would comment more on music that that had a narrative component to it, that like told a story. And so that was one thing that I think I decided like, okay, let me let me be more intentional about sharing, you know, a story. And I think the words, you can find the words easier when you got that type of context. And then like later on into my career, like maybe a few years ago when I really started to, I think, get into a certain bag, um, a pretty pretty prominent guy in the industry was listening to some some record that, you know, me and my team was like, yo, he gonna hear all of these joints and be like, yeah. <laughs> and he was, he liked them, but he did say that, you know, like, bro, you got, you got a strong voice all of these tracks, I feel like I can hear, I can see all these plugins just ripping away at your voice. Like, take that shit off, bro. Just just rap on that joint, man. Like, you don't need all of that stuff that these other artists probably trying to do to create what you what you have naturally. So from there, I got I got real analog, you know. I started to be real like passive. You went back to the basics. Back to the basics. I actually got a freestyle. Actually, it's not a freestyle. It's a little Lucy, a little Lucy single where I felt like it was around that time. Like my mindset was just, Which, you know. What was the name of it? Back to the Basics. Okay. <laughs> Check that, that joint out. Um, so, so yeah, like they did that for me, man. I did it for me. But yeah, that's that's interesting you say that because as we listen and, and we talk about, we nerd out about hip hop each and every week here on Don't Sleep on the Couch podcast. So, But those are some of the nuances that we've been talking about that as artists suffer through this pandemic as we all are, right? It's mm-hmm. it's kind of like, okay, well, you know, who's really out here doing it? Who's Who has had the best albums, if you really think about it? And they're all people who are purposeful, intentional, and lyrical. Anybody else, it's a flash in the pan. They may drop something, but it's a TikTok song. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then it, it goes away. But the ones that you can hold over time is the ones that people who give you who they are and they're saying something. You know what I mean? Of course, you know, as we were listening to you, you ain't above your bullshit. Cause you, you, you know, you have different moods. Yeah. And and, I, and we get that as listeners. Like we we don't want to hear you just all lyrical, spherical, and, and you know, miracle with it. We want to hear all <laughs> the different facets hey, of you, but that's one thing that President and I got from you is that, okay, this guy has a message, purposely, purposely. So, but that leads me to my question. Neighborhood Black Man has been the moniker you've mentioned on damn near every song since your very first album. Like, what does that mean to you? I feel like, you know, it's it's a name and a its meaning is ever growing. So, you know whatever I say right now is genuine, but you know, as we both, cause I feel like I'm gonna be back on the show, you know, later in life. But if that meaning changes or, you know, evolves, just know I, I foresaw that happening. You know what I'm saying? But 
as it stands right now, like the, the term came from homies, you know, it came from the the circle of people that I, I build and create with. And um, I feel like what we think of when we think of that name is like, you're turning the actual person, the black man from your neighborhood into a celebrity in the sense that those figures are more important than the superstars and the unreachable people that we tend to base our, our whole demographics culture behind, you know? It's like, let's, let's, the neighborhood black man is back up in this bitch, like, you know what I'm saying? And in my latest single, I say, I had to forget how it was so I could tell it how it is. Yeah. It's like, so we're, we're getting back to the community and being like, yo, we got to break all of this sociological coding and placed on us and really understand like, what's the next step? You know what I'm saying? Like we trying to, and I don't got all the answers by any means, but we're trying to look 40 years into the past and try to see like what next steps they were doing. But it's like, we got to unlearn some of those things to really see what we could do. You know what I'm saying? And the neighborhood black man is one of them people like making that, that, that figure in the community, somebody that's noteworthy. Cause if you think about it, you change, if I just say a thug, what's the difference? You know, if I said the neighborhood drug dealer, not too many things from the parent standpoint will change. But what are your expectations from the neighborhood drug dealer? And what are your expectations from the neighborhood black man? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. So uh, you, you you hit on something up in there right there that I wanted to jump back to. You said, like, you don't have all the answers. And I think that's what we're getting in the trap into, like, right now uh, on all these issues, man, that's going on around us. Everybody want to want the whoever's talking to have all the answers. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like it's more just just like you probably experienced, like when you when you went to college in a different area, you find these group of people, y'all build a community and together y'all can help hold each other up, build each other up and promote each other. It's not one person mm-hmm. having the answers and you can't knock down one person for not saying exactly what you want to say. He may not be an expert in that portion. But what he's saying, it teamed up with you, can truly build something, and that's that's like uh, with the with the moniker, the neighborhood black man. Everybody has that one person from that neighborhood that they looked up to. He may have did some wrong, but overall, they was a good influence and a good mentor. So thank you for clearing that up and like explaining that moniker, because I mean, I feel it, bro. You know, and the music can be that, especially when we we coming from that place. Whenever I'm making something. And like you said, Cash, like, you know, I, I ain't too above my bullshit to, like, show you different moves. Because, like you said, Prez, like, you might have done something wrong. Like, it's, it, it ain't no mic. Everybody done did wrong, you know. And it, it wouldn't be a possibility for you to know. Because a lot, a lot of the times, you know, me and my homies, we've been saying lately, like, there are no absolutes. So there are no absolute right, absolute wrong. You know what I'm saying? So if we're like thinking about, okay, how can we be better? We'll have more peace and more effectivity if we just constantly focus on how to get better, not how to be the best. Not like, will I ever be the best that I can be? You know what I'm saying? It's like that has you thinking about the past and the future too much. Like, was I the best last week? 
will I be the best next week? No, right now is my energy just focused on being better. And that'll give you more peace because, like, you you know, you're looking at a homie who you looked up to and he's that dude in your life or she's that person in your life until they let you down. And it's like, dang, you know, now I, I got to do all this internal work to even try to forgive you if I got them type of tools. But most likely it's like, nah, you let me down and I don't really rock with you like that. But that's because we're thinking in the absolutes. You know what I'm saying? It's like you can't even see the perspective there. So... Let's get into your latest album, Long Live the King. Mm -hmm. First song that I want to talk about, because it's on the top of my mind, and I was cracking up because I finally heard the intro to the song, is uh, Ah Yeah. Yes, sir. So you know know exactly what I'm talking about. So (laughs) that's part of it. Like, you really just took us into your day like, yeah, I just really want to beat this motherfucker up, man. Like, mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing what you said, of course, but, like, you really took us into the day in the life, and that's what I enjoy when I hear artists. It's, I got to feel like I walked away with knowing you a little bit, um, wanting to visit where you're from, knowing about the auntie you was talking about, or, you know what I mean? Like, just different little things that you're mentioning, but, like, t- walk us through that song, and then we'll kind of get into a little bit more on what's on the album. Oh, yeah, it's probably one of my favorites. It's got that grit to it, you know what I'm saying? And, I mean, sometimes you really just got to express, you got to express the frustrations, you know what I'm saying? And I think we all feel like we have enemies, um, like, point blank, period. We all think we got enemies at, at some point. And it's like you can internalize that stuff or... And that's it, it, it'll come out. Like, I think that that intro was like an example when you holding stuff in, you be ready to lash out on an idiot while you in traffic on the highway, you know what I'm saying? Just because it's like, you thinking about all of the different things that could possibly go wrong or who got it out against you. And I feel like people can relate to that, but that's not the like the message of it. So, you know, I didn't come into that session, at least I don't think with, with the idea that I was gonna make that record. But, you know, I, I haven't been, listening to beats and going away and trying to write, like, I just sit with the music and go right into it. You know what I'm saying? Try to, like you said, share a part of the story. So that was a, if you live in Atlanta and pretty much any metropolis around the world, you know about some traffic. And so (laughs) you know, like, where that type of energy comes from. And I think that was just a colloquial way to touch on us having some some of that internal and paranoia about haters and shit like that. So I want to talk about Good God, which is my favorite song on the album. Classic. Um, It's a future classic right there. Yeah. Yeah. The melody is good. So I was just talking to, we were talking to another artist that we like. Um, We were just talking about the importance of hooks and and prayers. He's going to, I know he's going to say, I know what he about to say here, but my part is like, yo, you got to capture us with the groove, with the vibes, man. It, it got to be a vibe. You catch me with that? I'm, I'm going to pay attention to your lyrics. But you got to have a good balance of that. And your lyrics, you can't be lyrical, spiritual, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and then not be musical at the same time. You know, it, right. it goes hand in hand to me. So I think you did perfect, perfect on that. And then you continue to do well as a result on the rest of the album. And I think that's what kept me 
going on. Like, okay, everybody, Iggy mentioned you to us, right? If we recommend something, when you got your circle of musical friends, you like, all right, I'm gonna drop what I'm doing to listen. You know what I'm saying? So, but that's your, I think that's the second track on that album. And then you're delivering like that. So at that point, I'm like, nah, this, he's different. He's different. This is an artist. You know what I'm saying? And then we, we continue to go on and on and on. But like, that's how it, it's lit throughout that whole album, man. So did your trips to Spain and, and, and then just kind of your, your church upbringing, did that give you that melodic sound that you have, it seems like, throughout your entire career, to be honest? Yeah, yeah, I think it was definitely the church influences growing up because we were straight up singing. Um, and then, you know, a lot of what I was hearing at home was melodic music as opposed to, you know, straight up rap music. Like, I definitely heard rap music from my parents, but I feel like I got a lot more of that influence at school and uh, around, like, older cousins and stuff like that. I think at one point in my career, somebody was telling me, to focus more on just these bars that I'm giving. And, you know, I did that, but I think, I think I do have a natural inclination to just want to impart melody on the beat. So, you know, with this project, I'm glad that you pointed that out because I w I did have a, like a season of just focusing on just newfound flow, not necessarily flow, but process in which I was getting into my bag on these records. I didn't want to jeopardize, you know, having that melodic component because you're right, man. Like music has to feel good and that like like melodies got a totally different vibration than just being in the pocket. But you know, rapping when you in the pocket, like for real, for real, that is its own vibe. That definitely has an energy and we can tell, you know, you can tell when someone like meant to be on that beat by the way they voice it on the track. If it's something that stuck there, I was born out that fight. It's literally I swear that this shit could get unfair. A feeling that you cannot compare. Let me ask you a question, you love fair. Do you run when the challenges appear? Do you feel like you trapped inside your mind? Mind state like damn, I hate it here. You medicate with the smoke, meditate with your phone, out of touch with yourself, out of touch with your soul, ain't loved yourself in so long. At least in real life, take time to heal shit, take time to live life, spend time with your loved ones, you take one ones, cause this sound what it feel like, man, talk to them. Yeah. Everything good, we gon' make the way, keep your God first, don't run in my living room, pray, realize there's power in your words, everything you say. And do you every day until everything good? Gucci, Gua, my God, Wala, Magic, yeah. Everything fine, good time, my vibe, what I like, and you don't want steady. If it's something I appreciate that, man, because you're a good God, you know, a lot of people hear that that record for the first time and that hook alone, they're like, yeah, this is some Atlanta shit. And I'm like, that was yeah. not the intention. But when you when people are saying that consistently, I'm like, hey, because that's me. That's that's what growing up in Atlanta would probably sound like. Yep. And it's like the uh, maybe I'm saying it wrong, but it's like I I used to rap a long time ago. We're not talking about that. It's about you. <laughs> but that I used to remember the call and response, easy money, easy money. If you had a hook like that, everything's good. Mm -hmm. Gucci. 
good while. You know what I'm saying? The people could do that. Mm-hmm. And it gives you a break while you perform. And it, it does so many things behind for you behind the, those layers. And on top of that, right. it's melodic and it's easy. And it's something that people who buy records, women, can vibe to. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that that's that's dope, man. But um let's let's kind of get into your your team, man, because you're you're not here by chance. You have to have a strong team. We've we've scoured your Instagram, your Twitter, and seen your visuals. It ain't just some independent artists just out here right. trying to make it. It's <laughs> legit. It's legit. So a little yes, bit, sir. talk about your, your label and your team and, and, and what you guys got going on. Yeah, bro. So um, the label is a 1157. Um, and we like to think of it as just like a creative outpost. You know, music comes out of this this uh, collective production, fashion. And so the name 1157, for those who don't know who are watching this, stems from my time at college where I really just got back into music. Like, and I made the conscious decision that, you know, I want to do this. This isn't just something I enjoy, but I want to do it. And my address was 1157 Polo Road in Winston-Salem. And it was a a dope house me and my closest friends had on campus. We used to throw crazy parties. If you ask somebody that was uh, in college from 2011 to 2014 in North Carolina, they probably been up through there. Um, but I just chose that because like all of that energy, all the memories, you know, of me just working on beats back then, like it was solely just getting my production down. I produce, um, as well. And, um, I didn't produce a lot on this project. It was more or less like a, just bringing in the right instrument, bringing in the right specialist, I would say. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, with, with the 1157, uh, my, my team consists of, you know, just like my manager, my A&R, uh, my main producer, who is also like a creative director within the, the label. And then um, it's just a lot of love around this like, larger collective of people who have their own entities. And with that, like, we obviously doing business with each other, you know, trying to put money in people's pockets whenever these dope videos get shot or whenever, you know, anything that requires that type of business modicum, you know, just try to respect that. But like, people will see my music videos and like, yo, who you get to, like, dang, who you get to do that? I'm like, man, this the same dude I've been making videos with since, you know, <laughs> He first said, y'all want to make rap videos. Yeah. And, you know, over time, they they continue to develop. Over time, my sound continued to develop. Yeah, man. That's a key component, like him knowing, I think. It's, and it goes with the production, you know? It goes with the management. They know, you know, what I'm trying to do is not just pop off. We do want to create crazy buzz, attain wealth, be successful, but there's some synergies. So, you know, a lot of the stuff just feels like organic to the listener because we not, you know, it's not artificial on the inside. Yeah. It's, it's all about trust. That's, that's exactly what we got that's here. exactly like, what we got here between us two. We, me uh, and Prez have been friends for 20 years. I, I met him right after basic training. Uh, you After basic <laughs> training in the Air Force, you go to technical training, which would be like, your entry level to college, like maybe I would say equivalent to your first year or two of college, right? Mm-hmm. And then you go off to your job 
and now you got to do your thing in, in the real world. So I, but I met him at that second stage, which is very early, and you know we twenty years down, but now at this point, you know even what we're doing, I don't ask him for permission. He don't ask me for permission. He just do it, and right. we know it's gonna be done to a level of, I know that he's being like painstaking in whatever he's doing audio wise. I know I'm being mm-hmm. painstaking in whatever I'm doing video wise and that trust, man, like you, you, you can't put a value on that trust with your vision. Exactly. He, he's underselling it, Kenny. Uh, so the one, the how we met, we both failed the class. Right, so we had to talk to each other, <laughs> and we had to get help each other out and say, "Hey, you got to stay focused, man." So, ever since then, we know that you got to take certain things to a serious, and you really got to focus on it. And, and mm-hmm. that's how we to continue to build. Hey, man, that's real. When you when you go through some loss like that with somebody, <laughs> real bonds tend to form after that. It tear down everything, man. It exposes right. who you really are. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but uh, but one of one of the last questions we have um for you, man, is just you know in pre production we were all talking about you know COVID nineteen and and what that has done for us and how we've changed up. And you just mentioned that you you know kind of. Your team, y'all like, we about to go full throttle, drop these vids, drop these Lucy's here and there. Like, what is what is giving you guys that urge to do that, especially when you can't really, well, Atlanta's open. Yeah. But my point is, you know, we were talking on our prior podcast about like, yo, man, these artists that are on the come up. Flood because everybody's so worried about their rollout. Will people be able to hear this? Can I tour here, tour here? But the the lane is wide open for people that are trying to be heard. Like, what makes you guys want to just continue to just work and flood at this point? Man, just like, yeah, I think within the madness, you got to see the opportunity. Um, Major corporations tend to get made during crisis like this. You know, obviously this one is unprecedented in that it's affecting the entire world. Um, but we just enjoy music. Just been blessed to have people who want to hear it. You know what I'm saying? People want to hear it. They, they're anticipating hearing things. And so, like I said when, before we started the podcast, I'm just trying to give people who love my music, like not who who support because of her friends or who, you know, they see I've been putting in work and they like it consistently. But no, like, people who love the music, just keep giving them more stuff. And that's going to turn into something um, that that is stronger than not being able to, like you said, tour or not being able to, to uh, do this crazy rollout with these social activations because, you know, we got to be quarantined. I think that 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 shows you like that there isn't a lot of story behind the actual music, but the music requires all of this glitz and glam to really even create a personal connection. You know, we definitely strive to make personal connections with our rollouts, but at the end of the day, people want to hear music and they want to, they want to like, they want to see people win, you know? I, like I said, I got that song, Oh Yeah, where I'm talking about haters, but 
if if like I told you not to look at an elephant or to think about an elephant, that's all you're thinking about. So if you're thinking about, you know, haters and that's all you're talking about, that's all you really gonna see. You know what I'm saying? But if you if you want to see the people who rock with you, just like try to see that. Like I, I liken it to a relationship, and we ain't gotta go that too deep. But you know, if anybody ever got into a little tidbit with their significant other, it always kind of stems down to like. Why it always seem like you want to argue, like you want to do this or something like that? You know, what I'm <laughs> like you want to do this. And for us, it's like, hey man, we could sit around and be like, man, hey man, COVID ain't this ain't ideal, blah blah blah. Because you know, I had a I had two tours booked last year that had to get canceled. And you know, when they got canceled, I did have my little boohoo moments, just being like, dang man, obstacles. But these days, I'm living in the moment, so. Every time we make a song, we like, yo, this shit hard. Somebody got to hear it, you know? And that's just continuing to drive us. And uh, like, we, we only got opportunity to grow since we're not up there already. The people who are, they're trying so hard to protect, yeah. you know, what it is that they've accumulated. But we coming for that. So don't worry. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that, that's similar to us. Because we started, you know, one year prior to, to the COVID and everything. And, uh, you know, we had our jobs. We, we deep into that. And we really didn't have no time to, like, to make the advancements that we wanted to on this. And then with the COVID that happened with the shutdown, like, I mean, for doing a podcast, it's perfect. Like, right. and it gave us so much time to just focus on our content, redefine who we are, and just, like, push and get everything out there. So where some people can sit back there like, I, I ain't been out, I ain't got nothing to really talk about or nothing like this. Do, did you have any of those problems, like making making new music or anything? Did you get in a rut or did you quickly get out of the rut or did you say, oh, well, I had these songs I was thinking of and I just need to just touch with these beats and I can just continue to working on that? Yeah, I think removing the pen and the pad for me just like, it, it really combated any any sign of writer's block or just not having anything to talk about. Because as you might notice now, you know, we have one, we talk about one thing and, and it's like question that you may ask, but I might have a memory that then goes, it's like your brain's always working, you know what I'm saying? Like, and sometimes, you know, if I tell, if like if you are mad at me or you got something you really want to say to me, you would rather just call me rather than text it out to me, right? Because that step just creates a little bit of tension. And so I think removing that step for me, man, once I hear beats or once I'm like, because a lot of times, you know, I'm sitting here right next to my homie Dre and he's producing the beat and I'm like, you know, freestyling. And after, you know, freestyling so many times, the root of it, what you're trying to say is, is just, it's coming out. Like, you know, you're saying it over and over again, like certain subject matters. And then from there, like, I just can t really sit with it. Like, yo, what I just what I just said, that one line was dope. All right, cool. What am I really getting at here? And then I just keep freestyling from there. Like, it's like, the more you freestyle, the better you get at rapping, like, on the spot. And I think the art of being good at freestyling is not hesitating on what it is you're about to say. You know, if you hesitate when you freestyle, if you hesitate for a millisecond, and then you second guess yourself. Now you're trying to think about like what did what I said make sense? You know what I'm saying? 
And y'all should try this out too, because Cash, you said you used to rap, so I'm trying to hit these bars. But <laughs> try this out. When you freestyling, look somebody dead in their eyes. Like, and like, I guarantee you, you're more likely to find the word that you're trying to say. Think about battle rapping. They be looking at each other like. Man, that's, that's, you know, past time, man. I love that shit. I love that shit. Bro. Yeah. Ciphers are more like, you know, you you kind of like, and most of the times they're all written, but at the same time, you know, I just think from a delivery standpoint, when you look someone in their eye, like, the words come to you faster. You're just like, I'm communicating, like I'm talking to someone and I tend to find the words faster. The way that social media is kind of shaping just our lives and, and what we do right now, like, does that affect how you produce music and how you roll it out? Or is it just like, you take it to an account, but you still do what you do. Yeah, I try to walk a fine line. I mean, I definitely feel like on the rollout side, it affects, you know, you got to meet people halfway. You can't try to just, the music by itself will never be enough. And, um, you know, I I try to keep myself, uh, you know, in the space where I can continue to learn about how people are doing rollouts well, how people are really cutting through all the noise. And that's one thing that they mention in a lot of material is, you know, don't just post stuff and cross your fingers. You got to really, you know, read the room and and communicate with the intent that the communication is received. And so, like, with social media, yeah, you know, I'm not out here trying to make the newest challenge per se, but I do want to see how I can exist on TikTok or Reels or, you know, what kind of just exclusive content can I provide people that rock with my music? And I think that that's something that is a step one for me, you know, just hopping on live and, you know, it's, it might not be 200 people on live at one moment, but over the course of what, however long I'm on there, people are tapping in with me and, you know, just seeing what it is I got going on. And that type of support is really uh, reassuring. And yeah, I, I'm gonna keep that up. I think I did it earlier today. I wasn't necessarily rapping. I was listening to Overly Dedicated by Kendrick Lamar and just like really wanted to go back and listen to one of them old. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Speaking of Kendrick Lamar, Iggy, if you out there listening at this point in the podcast, I'm not ducking that smoke. I still want that game versus Kendrick smoke. (laughs) All right. I still want that smoke. But but yeah, man, we taking up a lot of your time, man. So first of all, I want to say... Congratulations on this project, man. It's a project to Appreciate be that, very proud of. It's very eclectic. It has a lot of different sounds. We appreciate it from uh, bars-wise. I'm, I'm just going to say, dope beats, dope bars, my water you want. This is what you're going to get in this project if you're watching us this long. Long Live the King is, is one of those albums to where you're going to feel like if I didn't catch on at this point, then I'm behind. I'm behind. So we appreciate you for your time, Keenan. Uh, Press, I'll, I'll leave you to say a few things if you got anything before we let Keenan go. Yeah, man. I just want to talk about the, the long live, like the the last song on your album, how it talks about mm-hmm. it. You said like block out the negativity, man. Mm-hmm. That was very inspirational to us, like because it was at a point that I think we was looking for our friends and family to like 
get confirmation on what we was doing and that made us like rethink like what we was doing it's just like man your family and friends are your your family is there for a different type of support like everybody that had their jobs but your family ain't got to go buy into whatever you doing for you to continue to make money and eat you're, you're building something else for, for a different community right right and that's what we had to get out of our head it's just like uh, yeah man like i need we need to curate for the audience who are catching on not the feedback that we getting indirectly for somebody who's not really like into listen what every we're now. doing they listen every exactly. now man. exactly and yeah so i mean i think long live i think you spot on with that with that analysis it's almost like sometimes I get real iffy about the word ego, but sometimes the ego makes you have like entitlements or expectations, even though they might feel pure, you know, like I'm making music, you know, the fam shit, they should show love, like I'm family. And it's like, well, we could also think about it like this, you know, they're just another human being whose attention that's what you want, you know, if that's if that's what we're thinking about. You want their attention, not necessarily their support. You don't want you don't want the whole family like, oh yeah, you know, Keenan made his little album, we out here supporting. <laughs> nah, yeah. <laughs> you you damn you damn near want them looking like I don't want you to support. I want you to uh, patronize. Yo. Right, like <laughs> yeah, buy, like I want you to buy this merch. I want you to buy this album, I want you to buy these tour tickets. I, yeah. All that because no, I need support. It. Like I need don't that. pay the bills. You feel me? They want you want them to love it, and that's what that support look like. It's a monetary exchange, but yeah, the long live. You know, it's like long live the ego. I think that's what this this whole project was. It's like transcendence, you know, ego death type hero's journey type stuff. And you ended on that record where it's like, hey man, realize your full potential and enjoy your greatness. When you let go of the of the thing that feels like you what you need the most, the ego. When you let that go, you can enjoy your full potential. Hey, man. Like, again, Keenan, man, we appreciate your time. I know I told you 20, 30 minutes, but we at an hour at this hey, point, man. It's all man. good, man. It was I've just good conversation. It. So, yeah, you know, it had to be what it was going to be, man. So, um, you know, with that said, brother, much success to you, man. We'd love to have you back, whether you got something dropping or whether you want to just drop in and just talk some rap nerd shit. That's what we do each and every week. So if you ever see a clip where you like, y'all boys clowning and you want to come on and speak your piece, by all means, man, just come on. We only a phone call or text away. Hey, bro, I appreciate it. Most definitely I'll be uh, taking you up on that offer. Y'all stay tuned because more music on the way. I'm going to definitely send, I'm going to send y'all the unreleased because unreleased content, you know what I'm saying? I get excited about that. But before we let you go, where can people find you? Music, um, Instagram, yeah. Twitter, merch, merch, label, whatever you want to. So yeah, man, like y'all know, my name is Keenan Rush. If you search that anywhere, you'll find what it is we're, we're building. So that's KeenanRush.com. Keenan Rush on all social media handles and YouTube. And uh, yes, yeah, the neighborhood black man, 1157. Only way is up. I'm trying to get ahead of schedule. I'm trying to pay off my debts and continue to collect. I'm trying to invest in precious metals and minerals. Tell my mama to go cash out. I'm talking racks. I heard they don't follow a free minded individuals. You probably fall in love with me and get too attached. 
If they laughed at me, if they lied, it's a wrap. We ain't do it for the internet, never for the social. All my love, really shit. Never for the peons, for my love, biggest shit. And you look like old news, no, we do not know you. Move ahead and schedule, just like we supposed to. Hey. Great engaging video, man. Uh, one part that we didn't hit up on there, they, he just released a new single. What's the name of the single, Cash? So it's called Bust Down. He's featured on there. He's in his bag, man. So y'all check that out as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we're going to transition swiftly. But uh, I don't think I'm going to offend anybody when I say it's about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, why are you talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars? Well, it involves race relations, <laughs> and you know we're here for We know in the NFL, they like to pick on the players, but the good old boy system is alive and very well within that coaching and managerial staff, Absol right? Absolutely. So the story we're talking about is Urban Meyer hired Iowa State, or is it Iowa? Yeah, Iowa State. Iowa State's coach. Um, and you got his name for us? Chris Dole. Chris Dole to a contract to be his strength and conditioning coach. Yeah, he was the strength coach uh, at Iowa. He got he got let go because, as you know, Iowa don't have a lot of uh, minority representation on the outside, but that school had some. They got a and, lot of players, though. Yeah, and it was over 50-something players with the accusations yeah. that, uh, uh, that he was threatening them and, like, just demeaning their characters and stuff like this, saying, like, if you don't do this, like, we can see you right back to the hood. Just assuming all of them was from there, for yeah. one thing. And, you know, just the negative talk and everything on that. So he was let go by that organization. So I'm guessing they did they due diligence and they had reasoning behind that to, you know, part ways with him, right? But he got a, he got a raise. You get... Bumped up to the next league. Where up. they do that at, Chris? <laughs> Nowhere. I'm just gonna be. I'm just gonna speak how I speak. Where they do that at? Nowhere. I don't. Know. How, how do you fuck up, then get a raise on your next job? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It, it's, it's it's amazing to me how some people could be mediocre, mediocre or below that, and and get a raise. Yeah. Like, look, nobody. You knew your friend. Uh, what what he came out and say? Well, I knew him for twenty years. Who gives a shit? Like, your friend still has to suffer some type of consequence for this shit or show some type of remorse or some type of change in behavior. Everybody else, white, black, brown, purple, gray, indigo, whatever color they are, they have to show some type of remorse or some type of change in behavior before they get another job. That's it. Like, I'm not even going, you know what I'm saying here. Cash, I think you're thinking about it wrong. I think Urban Meyer is being progressive, maybe. And, you know, he's starting a new little thing. They don't care about this stuff. They only care about the talent and results. So, A.B. about to get that multi-million dollar deal. Who cares what he did in the past? He's a great player. So, he's going to be the first one in line to get, you know, multi-million dollar contract up there at uh, Jacksonville. Is it, is it star receiver. a sexual abuse apologist? No, I don't know. I know he had to. He... he I know he had the scandal up there at uh, yeah. Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah, no, but it was like more just for with the players and stuff like this. I know like that was Terrell Pryor and all them, correct, right? When they had all no, those instigators. Yeah, one of his coaches, one of his coaches got into some shit and he kind of was 
same thing. I've known this guy for this long, this, that, and the third. Mm, he's like, just a horrible judge of character, then, huh? Uh, I, I don't know. I just say that. Kareem Hunt shouldn't be a uh, backup running back. Uh, Jacksonville don't care. Get him top dollar. Make sure he get over there. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're going we're gonna to make this a presidency now, right? Nobody's, nobody's in trouble. They got talent. It supersedes everything. Talent above all. Above all. That's what they think. But like, Earl Thomas, who cares? He's a counselor in the locker room. He's talented. Get him back out there. Top dollar. <laughs> yeah, anybody, anybody that's top dollar and there's a cancer in the, in the locker room, sign him and go to the Jags. I want to see how that works out. But this, my point is, man, like, Doyle, ret- not retired, but he resigned. So, so with that said, you know, they, and they came out with these little nice little speeches and media takes on happening and whatnot. I get it. Cool. You got to go through that. I, I didn't want to be a, a stain on what the Jaguars are trying to do because they are trying to move in a different direction, but this is pretty much the direction they're moving in because everybody, you decided to hire this dude that had not anybody said anything about it. Mm-hmm. He would be your strength and conditioning coach. Yeah. And, and, and my thing is, I do, you leading a group of men in a league that's seventy percent black, where where's the optics? Where is it at? You know what I mean. And then the owner, your owner is a minority, is a minority owner. owner. Where's the optics? Like the whole from the owner down. This was just a bad look for everybody. They just want to win, bro. Like, that's what they look like. They don't I, care about it. They just yeah, trying to win. Yeah, like it, and it just seems like they don't care about it. But at the same time, you gotta care, man. Like. Just they because you're Jags the, don't mean that nobody don't. They want the leadership don't. not to be accountable, but the players have to be accountable. And th- that's the wrong type of messaging, it's I think. wrong like, message. Absolutely like, wrong. You're, you're, if your leadership is messed up, you're never going to get the results out of your players that you need. So, in my opinion, this Urban Meyer is a bad hire from the jump. If oh, he yeah. was willing to do that, he don't have uh, – the ethics, his ethics ain't correct in how he's hiring. So that's gonna lead to something bad happening. So, like so, that. so, and that's the other thing. Like you said, you speak to his ethics. On the flip side, is I don't wanna come there and coach for you. I don't wanna work with you. Anybody, any minority head coach that got any type of self respect, number one, it's the Jags. Come on, who, take, who wants to take that <laughs> job? And this is no shit. You got Trevor Lawrence. He was sitting front row. Uh, Clemson just had they they pro day, and yeah, this is the most blatant thing I've never seen. Urban Meyer was literally five feet away from Trevor Lawrence the whole time. Like, if it was ever evident, <laughs> I know they'd have kind of penciled it in, but it was just like this is a little bit egregious, you know what I mean? Like, he's literally sitting five feet away hey, analyzing. Like, it, what, what are you checking for? You know, if you there, if you flew there, you sitting right there, you know you picking this guy. Yeah, oh, man. But, got, but it, it seems like he's up to some antics. Like, he's still playing college ball, bro. Like, he's still playing college ball. Like, he don't have to care what the players actually think. This is a different league. This is – players get paid. They get paid a lot of money now. You can't just, like – a. Stick with the program. I'll make you. No, they, they're at that point already. So if you want to get the best out of them, you need to make sure they have, you have the proper accountability within your leadership 
uh, tears. Yeah. I think you said it right, man. Like, I, I just don't feel like I didn't watch it but in your description. I feel like Trevor Lawrence saying, look his way one time. <laughs> I don't know. Pick me. Don't pick me. Don't pick me. Don't pick, don't pick me. I don't want to go here. I don't. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. Yeah. Hey, to go from Clemson on all that prestige and and say what you want about Dabo Sweeney, but he turned that program around. And I got a lot of things to say about Dabo Sweeney. The same, very similar situation. Yeah, very similar situation. <laughs> but he he is college. And- he turned. Yeah, he turned it around. And if you turn it around these small college towns, you're a legend there. Mm-hmm. Sunshine don't want to go there. He don't want to go there, man. I, I can guarantee. <laughs> he's you. going there, guaranteed. Though, but that's where he's going, man. He's man. definitely going. That's there. where he's going, and they're I, not gonna mess that up. He can't. he was throwing, and he was like, "Man, we getting sidetracked." He was throwing dimes though, bro, out there. And the reason they was doing the pro day this early, they moved it up because he needs shoulder surgery. I didn't know that to halfway through this thing, they said he needed shoulder surgery. He's out there just like yeah, out there looking like Adonis. I'm like, man, oh my god, and he killing it right now. With Aaron Rodgers <laughs> with a messed up shoulder. Imagine what he's gonna do. It's trade the farm for him. You think? You think they want car? <laughs> Yo, he's gonna he's gonna be Howie, great. Howie, Howie, Howie Roseman, you out there? He's gonna be good. Eagles get on the line. Hey, yeah, man. You I need mean, a defense? Which are you, we just picked up Gus Bradley. I give you him and his whole staff. We don't need a defense. <laughs> All we need is sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but oh, yeah, man, man, it's 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 crazy, man. I definitely think they need some accountability. Uh, should be some type of punishment from the NFL, man. Like y'all, y'all really check and make. Why is it not a vetted process within an organization about checking for the backgrounds of these coaches and stuff? For these, if they got something nip in it, you hold up players, you suspend them. Why isn't coaches getting the same treatment? They should have a list of play uh, coaches that they saying like, nah, you can't pick up none of these guys, and it's real easy to do. Oh, they just got they just got let go by the college team because of they was doing this and this and this. Two years, he can't be an NFL coach, <laughs> right? Like, it's it's <laughs> it's that simple. Wrong. <laughs> but nobody pl- gives a fuck about these coaches, man. But hold on, a hey, player a player goes up and he just gets. On Instagram, smoking weed, he he fall down two ranks. So where he's a third round pick versus the first round now in the draft, or don't get picked. You know what I mean? They they have all these standards for the players, but it don't seem like they got the accountability for the leadership. They don't. They don't. At the same time, I I care about what happens with the Philadelphia Eagles because I'm a fan, but I'm not in tune with every last nook and cranny that's going on inside and outside the locker room. I don't have enough time in the day for that. You don't have enough time in the day for the Raiders shit. So can you imagine what's going on in these other organizations? No. And that's the general feeling for me amongst the league. Like, okay, this if this happened anywhere else, the only reason this is made public knowledge is because somebody made it public knowledge. Now we know about it. But if they hadn't let us know about it, oh, we... This strength and conditioning coach, he would have been on the Jaguars staff, and we would thirty-seven times on TV. And we would have never never known. known. Never known. (laughs) I would have never put two and two together. Never put two and two together. So I don't like, like I said, you just don't give a damn about who the coaches are. You care about the product on the field, and at the end of the day, is your team winning the championship or in contention for a championship? That's what you care about as a fan, 
as a fanatic. And, and that's really what it is. I'm, I'm going to just keep it a buck. But when we when we do get these stories, but I, it makes I, you I sit back it, and I, think. Like I think it damn. could be fixed. I mean, like I'm saying, like at, at a point, the NFL should vet and review all coaching hires. That, that's how you avoid this bad press. The, and, but the thing is, the owners are above the NFL. Like it shouldn't equal? be though. Like I'm saying, like when you're going, you got to change staff, the hierarchy to change that because Goodell works for them. Not vice versa. Right? You know what I'm saying? So I get what you're saying. Roger Goodell's, he probably feel Roger Goodell's probably a totally different person than what we are known to see. But he has to I mean, I seen his basement in his house uh doing the for the draft, man. It's, <laughs> it's very laid back, trash. chill guy. Very trash, very trash, <laughs> very trash. It's, this 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 background right here is fire compared to his. Uh but what I was saying is how hey, he has to suit the interests of the owners. So don't ever get it mistaken. At all times, Roger Goodell is watching out for what the owners want. Not what the NFL Players Association want, but what the owners want because they run things. Whether these owners have a conscience to what's happening in society, we'll know 20 years from now because that's when things will cycle out. Possibly. This is the part I'm, I, I hate getting older about. And you get wiser to things that are going on. And it takes away your love for the things all throughout a game. Like you're taking away the love. Kind of like wrestling, man. Kind of like me. wrestling, man. It's, it's just like, bro, like, come on, man. Like, I, I can't agree. Certain, certain things that just shouldn't go. And I can't continually to turn a blind eye as much as I love the game. To the bad corporate decision making. And as I buy a jersey, as I buy a cup, a mug, whatever, I'm I'm donating and I'm I'm saying that's okay. Every time I buy a game pass, I'm saying that's okay. Yeah, They're right. really pushing a diehard fan to say the only way to get out of this and and, and get changes. Turn it off. And I would hate to do that. But they need to make, like, at this point, the NFL are making dumb decisions that that are very avoidable. Very avoidable. You can't be two-faced that way when you're with the players and they can go about all this punishment and they got all these rigorous hiring practices they got to go through. They got to clear all this medical and all this other stuff. You have all those processes to go through it. But a coach... Coming from another league, you can't vet it all. You don't have a process in that. We can't avoid this. It's just crazy. You could make up a rule where they got to see a black coach at least once and they hire or get fined. But we can't check out once this guy hired who he's going to bring up. Make sure they're not pedophiles. Make sure they ain't no domestic abusers. Make sure they ain't uh, <laughs> just... Out there being blatantly racist. Crazy. Couldn't have said it no better myself. <laughs> it's just crazy. I don't want to I don't want to say no more, man. Yeah. I don't want to say no more. I think you ended that beautifully, man. Bro, Vic got blackballed from the league for years. Well, don't say it. Don't say it because there's people out there that love their dogs, man. But I'm, 
okay, but you can't love another human being. You're gonna allow for a person who ain't came out fully apologize. Well, I don't know. That's episode 107. That's episode 107. That's 107? Yeah, okay, we'll we come back get, to it. Yeah, we can get Bro, that. It's, <laughs> it's episode 95, y'all. Hey, I ended <laughs> like this, Cash. 2020 is gone. Y'all had y'all chance to see it. Right now, we dragging y'all to it. If you ain't going to say it, we're going to come right out with it. Shit got to change. NFL, shit has to change. Get up in there. Correct your policies. There's no reason that this should have ever been news or that as many analysts are cracking jokes about it because it's beyond a joke now. It's sad. And that's real spirit from the thoughts of Mr. Press. Shout out to my man Dave Chappelle. He got his show back on Netflix February 12th. Dave Chappelle. Chappelle show. <laughs> Chappelle show. It is back. He spoke to you, us, the people. People are doing real things behind the scenes. They're seeing what is wrong in terms of the creators and giving back to the creators for what's right to make money with the creators. I rocks with that. Dave Chappelle. I'm going to watch the whole damn thing, and I'm going to run it up, man. Run it up. Hats off to you. I, I, I love what's happening in terms of creators, man. I love I love it, man, man. So with that said, this is Cash. This is Mr. Prez. Don't Sleep on the Couch podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe, like, share. Once again, subscribe, like, share. We don't say that because it's a tagline. It's because legitimately what gets us on the algorithms. I'll just leave it at that. We out. Stay tuned for the next episode. All right. Thank y'all.